Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Washed Up Podcast. It is season four, episode one, and the fellas are all back, and we have a special guest, Chief from Barstool, joined the fellas over Zoom, so you get to end this episode with that. The Bears start their draft extravaganza this Thursday, and it's actually this morning, because this is Thursday. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Washed Up Podcast. Season four, fellas, we got to figure out. So season three, all about staying positive. Season four is on the ballot now. Season four, episode one. What are we about this season, huh? Ourselves. Okay. Building. Acting on ourselves and making ourselves better. Self-care. Okay. Self-care season four. Brady's got a blog coming out. Be sure to check it out because it's coming out. I'm coming out. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a fun show because we end with Chief from Barstool. We talked Blackhawks. We talked a little Bears. We talked Jacoby Brissett. And Comeback he's just player a, of the year. I'm hammering it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was just a fun interview. Super cool guy. Super chill to talk to. And uh, you guys will get to end with that. But like we said... Thursday starts the inevitable of the Bears somehow finding a way to get up to the seventh pick and then ruining it. Speaking of coming out, unfortunately, Roger Goodell is going to be coming out. Ooh. He's going to be hugging a lot of people. <laughs> Come on, get there. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm going in with no expectations and still bracing myself for disappointment. I don't know how they can fuck it up, which is why I'm so nervous. Just, See, that's the thing. <laughs> I know. I feel you. I feel like, you 100%. I'm not even a Bears fan. I'm nervous. Just know. I am a Bears fan. Just know. You guys heard it now. The listeners are hearing it. If the Bears get Justin Fields, I will be buying that, I will be buying that jersey in all three colors. Bears <laughs> get Justin Fields. I'll start tearing up a little bit. And I know I'm going to get heckled left and right, but so, if, if they get Justin Fields, all three so jerseys. So Chief talked about it a little bit, but he's supposed to fall to the last pick see, in the first round? I don't see that at all. Chris right? sucks. Like, I mean, it's not Lamar Jackson where they were like, oh, he never really played anyone. You could run on all these defenses. And then when the Ravens started, and they're like, holy shit. He can run on anyone. Justin Fields um, literally took down the number one pick in the draft. Embarrassed him on national oh television. Oh, yeah. He's got the arm and he's got the legs. I don't understand why this epilepsy thing is scaring teams off. He has family members with the condition that have outgrown it. It was a formality that they knew he had it at Ohio State that he just had to announce to NFL teams like, oh, it's fucking groundbreaking news. No, like if they went to his pro day, I'm sure they knew about it. Like yeah. it, it, if you're doing a physical on him, you're going to get his medical records. Like why is it? It just hit the news media. I, I feel like he's going. I would not be shocked if he ends up going to the 49ers at the third pick after they traded up. And this whole thing is just a smokescreen. I think it's going to be too. The NFL is like the fucking government. They know what he had for breakfast. They know the color of his pee. Like they, they know that he has epilepsy. <laughs> just think about last year too, though. Like everyone was like, Oh my God, two is going to fall. Two is going to fall. He went yeah. third. Yeah. He went, no, he went Did you guys just second. hear the color of his pee? <laughs> it's clear. I, I got to take, take about this Justin Fields slander right now. I think it's Kirby Smart from Georgia starting all this slander because Kirby Smart is pissed that he went with Jake fucking Fromm over Justin Fields. Yeah, I'd be pretty pissed too. Does he I, still have his job? Yeah, he still has his job, but I mean, he hasn't gotten anywhere close with Jake Fromm over the last couple of years yeah, that he his, did yeah. with, with Fields. Yeah, I mean, look, Jake Fromm was in the fucking uh, Georgia whatever program for like 15 years it felt like yeah it's like aaron craft years yeah <laughs> great <laughs> it's a new term for it right great um brez is heading out to the white Sox game and it's fucking Sox. Lurie Garcia what's gonna happen in the white Sox game on tuesday even though it's thursday 
They're covering one and a half. All oh, right. nice. Yeah. Let's see how that plays out. That's minus 110, by the way. All right. Yeah. Wait, my, minus one and a half, minus 110? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Um, so I haven't done a ton of draft research. No, not even like um, a little bit. I know Trevor Lawrence is going number one. Right. Uh, who has the second pick? Uh, Jets are Jets, taken. Yeah. They've already pretty much said uh, Zach Wilson. Really? I didn't know that. Dude, okay. So I, mean, I am a ter- I'm probably the worst evaluator of draft picks ever because Oh, big time. I mean, Patrick Williams still seems pretty fine. But like <laughs> Zach how many quarterbacks in the fucking league other than Kyler Murray look like Zach Wilson? Yeah. A lot. Not a lot, but I, I mean, mean And what has Kyler Murray really done so far? Dude, Kyler Murray, I mean, he's He's pretty legit, in my opinion. I think like he's. I mean, they're going to be a lot Did better. The Cardinals this year. make the playoffs. They were. They were. No, they. No, they lost because the Forty uh, yeah, beat them. We made the playoffs. The Bears made the playoffs. The yeah. Cardinals did not. Remember, like Kittle this year was like, well, I grew up a Bears fan, so it was nice to help uh, them out. The yeah. Bears, and oh, he like yeah. walked okay, off. Okay, well, yeah. we're yeah. George Kittle. Kyler podcast. Murray still hasn't proven himself. I just Zach Wilson just seems so little. He doesn't seem faster than Kyler Murray. He played yeah. at BYU. I just don't get the pick. I don't get it. Yeah, I really don't know much about what's going on other than, like you said, Trevor Lawrence is going one and uh, he's going to be coached by your boy. and Dad. Yeah, by your dad, by your father, <laughs> Urban Meyer. And I just don't really know slash care too much for the rest because I know the Bears are going to find a way for me to just go, what the fuck? See, I feel like 20. Like my just... phone's going to buzz right around the 20s. And it's going to be like, the Bears are on the clock. And I'm going to be like, oh, <laughs> about time I turn everything off for yeah, just right. like a little bit. Let's mentally cleanse the rest of the night. Let's lock it down for the night. Yeah, I might have to just toss my phone, pull a Chris Montreux and toss it across the room for the night. Say they're at 20 and they get the 20th pick. Who are they eyeing? Do you know? I heard a couple receivers, which I don't know why. Yeah, because we have so many people to throw. Um, I heard a couple of receivers. Um, I heard a couple of offensive linemen. I've just read, I'm a big mock draft guy. Uh, I've just read offensive linemen and uh, a couple of like receivers. I think one yeah. from maybe Iowa State. Or I feel so, like anything but offensive line doesn't make any fucking sense. Oh, agreed. So there's some like prop bets out for the Bears on, I don't know where I saw it. I think somebody sent it in a group chat. Like quarterback and offensive line had the best or the least appealing odds for what the Bears could do with their first-round pick. And I was like, yeah, offensive line makes too much sense. That's a trap bet. Yeah. That's for sure a trap bet. It was like plus 230. And I was like, they should. That's what should happen. Yeah. Get a big old man to stop people from getting to our tinier man that throws. <laughs> Put him in there. But And then like at plus 2,500 was any like punter, kicker, uh, long snapper, and I was like, I swear to God, if you go after Pat O'Donnell and you take him off this team, he's the best looking guy on the <laughs> team, and he's got a leg that is also a cannon. And did I mention his jawline yet? No, nope, fantastic, because it's perfect. It, he does have a perfect. He jaw has line. a job as our punter until that jawline is gone. <laughs> See, you know, until he has a couple too many so White Castle sliders. This is what we were talking about with Chief, and you guys will get into it in, in the interview. It's just like, why don't GMs fucking have like us three or and Brez in the and Chief five just sitting in their office and just going down <laughs> back to layman's terms when they're trying to make moves? Right. Get a big guy to protect the little guy. <laughs> who's throwing the ball. Like, yes. it's that fucking simple. And right. it, it, it just goes, it goes back with the Bears. We've never had a guy that can throw the ball. Right. Oh, man. It's just like, I don't understand why I'm not making $500,000 for the Bears. Yeah. Just to simple it down for him. Yeah, you just kick in the door of Ryan Pace's office. Like, let me simplify this for everybody. Oh, I'm so glad all of you are here because everybody's in Ryan Pace's office. And you just go, <laughs> so you guys don't have a good ball thrower and you don't have good block guys to keep the bad guys away from ball thrower. So let's figure out one thing. And then they don't know what you're talking they, about. They, yeah, it it, it kind of goes like, they're like, oh, wait, uh, Virginia's calling us. And they like run upstairs. Right. No, they, 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 I'm like, 
Sorry. To turn around and goes to his assistant. Didn't I tell you not to let anybody who knew anything about football in here? We're talking about fucking the Sopranos episode we watched last night because we don't give a fuck about this team. See, well, I, I don't they, even think they watch Sopranos. They probably watch like Friends reruns. Or Real Man. Housewives or something. Yeah, yes. whatever. Fine. Who gives a shit? They just, he does. I don't know. What? I don't know. Hey, no, wait, I what are you complaining it. about? You, you're, 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 your favorite. You've had a I want my friends to be happy. <laughs> Why did you let these guys in? I don't know. They said Urban Meyer was their dad. Yeah, and I don't really want to hear bon, about bon, like me, just me and having good GMs. I mean, did you not just see what happened with Tampa? Tampa? Tom Brady went there and everybody stayed. Yeah. It's of course, yes, Belichick had a lot to do with it being the GM, but players want to play with fucking Tom Brady. So he might as well be the fucking GM. Fact. But when you bring Andy Dalton into town, nobody's going to be like, oh yeah, let me just stay here for less money and sign right, right now. Right. Agreed. And, uh, <laughs> So let's just get to the chief interview, but let's do, uh, since we don't know much, this is going to be a lot of fun because we'll pull something out of our ass. One first round pick. What do the bears do? And if you want, you can toss in the bucks, uh, just for what do they do? What during the whole draft? Like, what are they going to do? They, the bucks give all their picks away because they have 22 returning starters and they say, Oh, this is your charity. And then they fucking beat everybody nice. because they gave them charity. Yeah. That checks out. And then the bears, I, they have to pick offensive line. They yeah. don't move up. They don't need to. They're going to stink, and they're going to have to start over. Ryan Pace gets fired. I'm sorry, you guys, but this year's done. Ryan Pace gets fired. Nagy gets fired. You start over. You got a young offensive lineman for whoever comes in. Well, like like they were saying, that maybe Andy Dalton, and they've said it on Redline before, that Andy Dalton's just going to be the martyr that blows everything up. Yeah. Like, he's just going to be the one that's going to lay on the grenade. Everything's going to explode. Yeah. No more pace. No more Nagy. Yeah, but what happens on... What happens tonight? Um, I think that the, they just stay at 20 and they just get some offensive linemen. I, it's just like, you know, we expect too much. We think Pace is going to make that play. Also, what are they going to offer? Like, what are they going <laughs> to offer? Like what? We'll give you Khalil Mack in a, free se- in a free season ticket package for yeah. the seventh pick to try to get Trey Lance, Mac Jones, or Justin Fields. Yeah. We'll give you Mike Dicka's Jack Strip <laughs> we will give for you- the first pick overall. Uh, pretty solid deal. Dicka did not use this jack strap. He just signed it. Deal. Jets would take it. <laughs> yeah. oh, Jets would, and they would bring back Adam Gase, too. Yeah. 100%. They'd fucking hire Nagy. All right. Well, the Bears are not going to be drafting a offensive lineman because I said, because like I said, it makes too much sense. Right. So they are going to get either a wide receiver or they're going to draft an ACC quarterback that's not from Clemson. Yeah, because that's just kind of how it goes. All right, that's yeah, that's, that, that's kind of I, I, that's kind of valid. Yeah, they're gonna draft Sam Howell from North Carolina, even though he's not coming out till next year. <laughs> they're gonna, gonna be like, oh shit, I forgot. My bad. If, um, I'll take it back. If they could, they would draft Archie Manning out of high school. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, like right now, you think they're yeah. gonna start doing that in football? Like have like LeBron, like how LeBron came right out of high school? Oh my god, they might as well. Jesus Christ. I Our, hope not. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, Barstool Chief. All right, ladies and gentlemen, a very special guest coming on to Washed Up. It is Chief from Barstool. Chief, thank you for coming on. Yeah, boys, thanks for having me. It was good to meet you guys in person like uh, six weeks ago or so, so I'm glad we uh, could finally find the time to sit down. Yeah, that uh, whole day and weekend must have been just an absolute blur. It was a blur. I feel like March Madness is always kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but when Portnoy and Big Cat are in town, you're on the streams. It's it. It was exhausting. It really was, and it was. I didn't anticipate that. It was like I always just watch March Madness. Like everything's gonna be fine. There is something a little different when you're on the stream. I don't know what it is, but you're more and you're more like questioning your life's decisions because it's like everybody saw me lose all my money. Give me one second. <laughs> Yeah, we do talk about all the time about how March is the month that just makes absolutely no sense. But on the podcast, we have three questions that we ask everybody and how you answer them is totally up to you, but you will be judged. So how tall are you? Six one. Shoes right. off, flat foot, six one. Yeah. 
All right, Thank so you. on this on the podcast, you get a uh, Brady's bump up. So you're six four, <laughs> and that's all there is to it. And the that, next time anybody that's asks a you, height. <laughs> yeah, exactly. on, on, on skates I might be six four. On right. skates I might be six four. Perfect. So but, nobody's yeah. lying. No, no lying. I feel like that's become a thing in my life where people are like, oh, you, I think you, you seem like you're taller than 6'1". It's like, no, I'm a real 6'1". Everybody else is lying. Everyone else is saying they're 6 feet when they're really 5'10", or they're saying they're 6'3", when they're really 6'1", or whatever. I'm 6'1". I'm 73 inches tall. At the top, so that is the difference. 6'1", on the books. Put it, put it in your notes. <laughs> Love that. So the next question is, have you ever dunked? Dunked? Yeah. A basketball? Actually, yeah. All Actually, right. yeah. Oh, that's I impressive. Was, I was 18. Yeah, I used to be athletic. Uh, <laughs> I was 18 or 19. I was at prep school in Berkshire, Massachusetts. Uh, was our was our prep school, and uh, we were just basically like we weren't. It wasn't like even in a pickup game. It was just like open gym. It's like let's see if we can dunk. And I got one down, uh, one time. That's so, all you sure. need. I've been waiting yeah. for that for so long. You're, you'll get it. I think he's. I think you're our first guest that's actually dunked. Yeah, one. It was legitimately like one time because I tried maybe like fifty times in a row. Like, <laughs> like let's. We're all like around the same size, like all that. And we had one guy who was like our most athletic guy. His name was Taylor. The Canadian kid, and he just had these little like baby hands, so like he could like jump through the roof, but he couldn't like grip the ball well enough to jump. I have like I got like some you know I am a basketball, so I was able I was able to do it that day. But I probably tried that that day, a Saturday in February back at Berkshire in two thousand and five, and yeah, I put one down. Not to brag, but I put one down. (laughs) Not a big deal. I would have a lot in common with that high flying, can't grip the ball guy. I do not have proportionate hands to how tall I am, so I relate with that guy very well. That's a tough life. It really is. But yeah, I, like back then, back then you couldn't dunk. Now you can't even like shake hands with somebody without being like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. That's hilarious you say that because when I shook your hands outside Joe's on weed, you said, this guy's got a great handshake. Oh, you did say that. I was right there. You know what? Because I feel like I remember I'm like, he's got a firm grip, but I'm like, I'm going to pump this guy's tires because he's got baby hands. <laughs> I can tell I'm swallowing his head. (laughs) That's perfect. All right. And your peak athleticism leads us into our last question of the ritual questions. Are you washed up? Dude, you want me to take my shirt off? (laughs) How you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Well, we already had Dave on and he said he's the most washed up. Of the crew? No, just in general. Oh, I mean... (laughs) If you ever watch one of our like shows on uh, on YouTube, we just pan around the room. It's like all these guys are gross. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think we're all probably about the same. Dave has run a marathon though in the last five years, so I'll give him I'll give him the nod there. He's probably a little bit less washed up than me, but I'm older than him too. So we'll see what he looks like at 35. Yeah, but it's not a oh, bad hair. Still got all my hair. Yeah. Bad. Being washed worse. up is not a bad thing. We're changing the narrative over here. Yeah, like I like that was the other thing too. Where I was talking, I was at a wedding this past weekend, and I can't like it was it was all those guys from a lot of those guys from Berkshire from my prep school, and someone was talking about like yeah, like, you know, I, I can't like. Not gonna be able to be out of the dance floor. I hurt myself lifting. I'm like lifting. Like I made a <laughs> pledge that I will never lift anything over a hundred pounds again in my life. So, <laughs> that's where it is. And if, if you're over the age of thirty trying to lift something over a hundred pounds, like what are you trying to prove? There's no. Hey, but you still have the best hockey flow on the land, though. That's a given. Yeah, I mean, I'm very, I'm. And I don't know if it's the best flow in the land, but it's all there, and I am thrilled about it. Best hair in our office, that's for sure, by a wide mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my whole life goal is just to have my hair until I'm a silver fox. 
Well, I can't wait to be salt and pepper. I feel like that's going to be very good look. Those are going to hit the the dream days right there. Can't wait for those. Dude, I've started like seeing a lot more gray hairs just sprouting through. I got real thick hair. I'm not too worried about losing it. I say that now, but like these gray hairs, man, they're just popping through and it's starting to freak me out. I had one over the winter and I plucked it and I like made a thing about it on the internet being like, this is the end of the road. (laughs) This is the end of the road, but I haven't had any other ones pop up since. So I think, I I think that was in like January uh, or maybe, maybe even before Christmas. I'm not, I can't exactly remember, but I had, I have like, that was my first gray hair. But I, they, the rest of my hair has been like, no, we're not. That guy's the outlier. We're not. Yeah. No, we're not yeah, going no. just yet. Don't you, you worry about it. You plucked it and you showed him who's boss. So you beat being old. Yeah, I, I made an example out of that one. <laughs> last thing. You literally so, stared it down. Yeah, the rest of you, you better get in line. You're getting ripped out of the head immediately. So, <laughs> <laughs> on this. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So the rest of my hair is like took notice. I do that sometimes, like in my head. If I like kill like a wasp, I'll like leave it on my back deck. Be like, this is a warning. <laughs> warning friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yo, they just killed George on that guy's front deck. <laughs> no, we don't joke around. About it. Oh, you use my dog's name for the wasp? No. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh man! I heard you like, oh my. Oh, oh God! What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you, James? Don't ask that question. <laughs> Jesus, Jeez Louise! All right, well, let's talk a little bit of the Blackhawks for a second. I want you to finish the sentence. Patrick Kane is best player in franchise history and greatest American of all time. Obviously, the greatest American of all time. But I feel like being the best in franchise history. That puts him even higher than best American of all time. It's above Bobby Hall, who is a top 10 player ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, above Stan Makita, who's the all-time leading scorer. So if you're, like, expanding out, like, you're kind of making the pool bigger in a way. Um, so, but, yeah, I, I think he's he's best one of the best players I've ever seen. It's been a joy to watch him since 2007. So, it's been great, and he's and seemingly he just continues to get better. So he's the man I love watching. Patrick Kane, they're on again tonight. Not super thrilled about having to watch that game, but <laughs> I'll always sign up to watch Patrick Kane. My thing about him is that he just makes it look so easy. Yeah, it, he makes it look easy, and then he makes everybody better. It's like he's he's played so many years like this like he's who's a center ice and Pia Studer like what are we doing <laughs> I, Studer, like that's who you're going to put out of like you look at Connor McDavid McDavid's the center but Ovi Ovechkin has had Nick Backstrom as his center for his entire career and it's like Patrick Cannon oh here have fun with Hansu so we'll have you know Andrew Shaw as their center for a while. Like he's never had like that bonafide like stud center. He hasn't played that much with Jonathan Tate. So it is crazy. Like I it's crazy to think that like the cups and all the points and the greatest American ever and it's like, you know, they really never surrounded him with a guy other than Panarin who was on his level. Yeah, that's why he's superstar. What? Say that again. I said Panarin's like a straight superstar, like oh, straight gotcha, up superstar. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, there's like, that's the thing I always say. Like, they're soulmates. Like, those two guys, like, they think the game the same way. Panarin has got the great one timer. They understand the East West game. They can they, they can play with the puck, without the puck. And then Anisimov, when he was on the line, he's like, I'm just going to park my ass in front of the net and hope for the best. And that worked out great for him for a while, too. He was like, those two guys will just play catch, and I'll just wait for rebounds and deflections, and that'll be great. And and then once Panera was gone, it's like, Anisimov's like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, I suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> he got to hide in plain sight, have the best job in the world for a couple of years. And then once, once he had to actually go like retrieve pucks and play hockey. It was not that great for him yet. <laughs> yeah. For a little bit, it was poetry. And then it just found out, Hey, um, I yeah. might not be good at what I'm professional at. So. Oh, by the way, I'm very slow. <laughs> I'm not super skilled. I'm just tall and I got a good reach and I just know to go to the net. So it is what it is. Like that was, uh, that ended up being a bad contract as soon as Panarin left out. 
<laughs> you, what was like, give us like, your general reaction when you found out about that trade for Brandon Sod. Like what was going through your mind when that happened? It was like, holy fucking shit, because it was that one happened. And then the Jalmerson, I can't remember which one came first. Um, but if you like, I've said this other places too, you can go back and look at the timestamps. Like after they got swept by Nashville, I tweeted out and I'm pretty sure I blogged that I think their only course of action was to, to improve the team, the organization, all that was to trade Panarin. Like it was, he had a good contract at 6 million. Like that was the, how, how, why he signed that? I'll never know, but it was a good contract at $6 million. He's a superstar. And he was one of the only guys of value that didn't have a no movement clause. So you could essentially trade him to anyone um, as opposed to, let's say you're trading Seabrook or, you know, one of those other core guys, they all had no movement clause. So they'd be like, guess what? I'm not going to Florida. I'm not going to Columbus or Anaheim or one of these shitbag places to live and play. They, and they, so they had this chip and they were like, we're going to trade a top 10 player and trade him for a guy who's going to put, put up maybe 55 points. And it was just like, that was, I really, I was on board with trading him. So when the rumors were like, Oh, they're going to trade him. They're going to trade him. They're going to trade him. It was like, okay. I was thinking it would be like, a stud young defenseman. I think the name I floated out back then was uh, Brandon Carlo from Boston. And, and then like a bunch of draft picks and prospects and just kind of press reset then. And then by now, all those guys that they would have had would have been like studs. Uh, all the assets they would have got for Panarin, kind of similar to what you saw Ottawa do with Carlson, which you saw Colorado do with Matt Duchesne where they got like a ton of futures and they were able to turn around relatively quickly with high draft picks and prospects and assets. I thought that was like the best course of action back then. Credit to me in that moment, smarter than Stan. Stan went to Brandon Saad. And I think I tried to maybe spin it when the deal went down. It was like, you know, you're getting a guy who plays a two way game and plays the right way. And, but, and then and it was like, hopefully Schmaltz, you know, turns into something that can like mitigate some of those Panarin offensive losses. But like, it, even in the moment, it was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> um, but, and yeah, and it's, it's been a disaster. Like they haven't won a playoff series since that 2015 Stanley cup. And, you know, you can look at that sod trade at the summer of 15 where they like, can you imagine how much better off they would have been if they were just like, yeah, let's let someone offer sheet them and we'll get four draft picks for a guy. Cause like he, if he signed for six or $7 million, they would have had a first, a second, a third round pick for free. So, yeah, you know, that would have been a lot better than Anisimov. And then maybe you get to keep Patrick Sharp too, because if you're not signing Anisimov, you're not doing, then you're not bringing back Trevor Daly and all these Ryan Garbutt and all these, <laughs> all, all these, you know, all these names that aren't part of the team. Losers. You could have, you could have had that window where, yeah, you lost Saad, but now you're able to afford to keep Sharp. So you're taught, and Sharp was still had good years in him. He had a couple of very good years in Dallas where you could have had your top left wings were Sharp and, and Panarin. That's a much better deal than whatever they got. So they, they really – like people don't talk about that enough too. There's been so many like dominoes that they just have not worked out, obviously. Yeah, it could have been a much bigger thing and like the whole the Dale Weiss – and what's his face for for uh, Philip Deneau, the Carabine, and the fill in with uh, as a you know kicker with Bickle. It's just just all of it was just so bad. Sorry, the dog's being weird today, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a rough five years here. And credit to me and my brain on that. The after the National Series, you have to trade Panarin. Let's get futures. Let's start over. Let's catch Kane and Tave. Keith, these guys, when they're still good enough in their early 30s to be the best guys on the best team and restock the supporting cast, and Stan just blew it because he's an idiot. <laughs> and uh, but I just marked that. down that you have the credit, so we'll keep that. In- credit, 
credit to me in this in this noggin right here. Yeah, I absolutely. had it back twenty seventeen. Yeah. Well, well. Speaking of uh, Stan Bowman, um, the literally all of us got to see you have that sit down <laughs> with him, and that must have just been so cool because obviously, as Chicago sports fans, we always voice our frustrations with the GMs in this town, and you literally like you were speaking for all of us when you had that interview with Stan Bowman. Like, what was that like? Essentially, that whole sit down. Yeah, it was um, surreal in a way because, like, I I, I have a you know a fairly good working relationship with uh, the head of PR, uh, a guy named Adam Roblin, treated me fairly well over the years, and um, so I know him, and I but I just you know I never thought Stan would would sit down, I never thought he'd come into our little shitty Ukrainian village office, plumber's <laughs> insurance or whatever. And so to sit there with a guy and he knew, like he said, like, yeah, we're coming to the lion's den. Like he knows that I've been very critical and I was just, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be so like critical online and like on Twitter and blogs and then sit there and be like, you know, buddy, buddy with him. So I tried to, tried to be fair and give him, you know, and, but, but tell the truth as best I can. So it was, it was a little nerve wracking because he is a human being. You know, so it's right. like, it's weird to be like, you who has high school age kids should lose your job. You know, <laughs> like that's a weird, right. that's a weird thing to say. Cause I, I don't, I, I want him to do well. Like I really genuinely do. I don't have like a personal axe to grind against Stan. I actually kind of, after that interview, like, like him as a person. I think he seems like a decent guy. I just think he stinks at his job. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And has for a while. Like it's it's been a while since they were good. And then when you back it up even further, it's like, well, you know, he didn't get a lot for Buffalo. He didn't get a lot for Lab. And he didn't get anything for Lenny. He didn't get anything for Sharp. And it's like you have these awesome players and assets that you should have been able to turn into other good players that could have kept this thing going. And he failed at that. Panarin again. Sod the first time. Sod the second time. <laughs> and, and, you know, and like, if you look at that whole thing, even like the, the evil gave were running to like pat him on the back for the next small uh, Strom trade. And I like Dylan Strom. I like him as a guy. I think he's a, a decent player. Schmaltz is a better player than like that was a downgrade too. Like you didn't have to pay Schmaltz, and that was part of that equation. And then Paravinen, that was like, how do you give up weight? An unbelievable player is like, please take this four million dollar guy. Should have just stashed him and like bit the bullet. Like just keep, you know, keep Paravinen. You know, so it's just like they had, they just hated so many things. It's just I, I hate even saying it. I'm so tired of saying it out loud. Yeah, it's like really falling on deaf ears. But in the Phillips, no, it's just like the list just is forever that they've just wasted so many players and talented. And it's like they could have, the dynasty ended so much sooner than it ever should have. And it, and it, and it just drives me crazy. I'm listening. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. If I could come back, I would make sure that I could come back as the Blackhawks GM or the Bears GM because they get infinity strikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for real. I mean, that's, uh, I, I just tweeted this out too. I like quote tweeted myself because it was uh, four years to the day that they drafted Mitch. And, and when they drafted him, because I, I love college football. I watch it, especially back then. Mm-hmm. I would just, I would get up. I'm a morning guy. Get up at six, watch a little EPL, wait till college day game day comes on. And then I would just kind of sit there and watch football until midnight. And that was kind of <laughs> yeah. my deal. I was like, Mitch fucking so I had the quote that was like Cade McNown, Rex Grossman, Mitch Trubisky, like another failed quarterback that they're drafting hot. It's not like I was saying like, oh, like they should draft, you know, I wasn't like pining for Mahomes at that point. I wasn't. I'm not going to say like I knew Mahomes was going to be Mahomes, but I knew Mitch was going to be And so I like just like, hey, credit to me, pat my own self on the back for knowing Mitch would be terrible when they picked him second overall in 2017. And he, you know, and I, it seems like Mitch is a nice guy. I hope he does well in Buffalo and puts his career together, but I never liked him. And now Pace is apparently going to be able to draft another quarterback, like you said, and on and on it goes, infinity strikes. Yeah, he just came out and said a rookie would come into a great quarterback room to learn in. Yeah. I was like, where do you get the balls to say that out loud with your mouth? 
the other an ounce of truth to that because I do think Dalton could be okay as like a mentor role. I really do. Like I think Dalton is like a genuinely good guy yeah. who's been around the block and could teach you something. But it's like you also have to answer to Matt Nagy who stinks. So it's like it's like both. So is the quarterback room good if there's no coaches in there? Yeah. Probably. The coach walks in, fuck it. Like you're like yeah. you're in trouble. So but yeah, so Pete's saying that, like I know people reacted uh, very strongly to that quote. I just kind of rolled my eyes with that. I wasn't like. Hey. Well, we roll our eyes at everything they do now. It doesn't matter if it's small or big. We're just kind of like, again, you're still having your name in the spotlight again. The, yeah. the shitty thing is, I still think Andy Dalton is an upgrade to anyone in the QB room that we had last year. Like, I think he's better than Foles. And at least yeah. he's more accurate than written than Mitch. And he can actually read a defense. At least I hope, I mean, he was like a five-year starter. And I mean, Dallas's offensive line was literally decimated last year. So, I mean, yeah, oh, I, I agree with you there. I agree. Uh, like, but that's also kind of the worst part. Like that's <laughs> where we're like torn. And our, we, Eddie and I have this debate all the time where he's like, Dalton's not good. I'm like, I agree. But I do think Dalton's better. So if the defense and the supporting cast is what it is, like they went eight and eight last year. So if they go ten and seven with Dalton, I know the schedule is kind of looks like it's going to be rough. But if right. they go ten and seven, if Dalton is like incrementally better, well then we're running this experiment back again next year. Yeah. So it, and it's a failed experiment. So then it gets to the point where it's like, do you give Nagy and Pace an extension? Which yeah, I would. They probably might. Made the playoffs on this middling bullshit team for three out of four years. Like that would be gross. So Eddie's <laughs> in the camp where he wants them to go two and fourteen. And me, like, I just want my teams to be good. And I like I want to believe in something. So I I I had a blog come out on I don't know what you guys are airing this, but I published it at uh, on Tuesday. It'd be you know, it would be field somehow fell to them or they drafted Davis Mills in the second round. Like I wouldn't hate that. Like I, I would, I want to have something to latch on to because I'm maybe I'm just a sucker, but that's how I feel. I think oh, we're all suckers. Yeah. We're, Chicago yeah. sports fans are suckers for the most part. Yeah, yeah. So staying in the quarterback room, what's the deal with Jacoby Brissett? Are you a big NC state fan on the side and not telling anybody? Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. So for for my old job, before I was full-time at Barstool, I used to have to go down to North Carolina all the time. All the time. Like, it, like literally every month. And so you, and I would a lot of times have to stay through the weekend. So you're just in your hotel room. You don't have a lot of channels. You watch all ACC games. So I know everything about the ACC, you know, Wake Forest, NC State, you know, North Carolina, whatever. For like that window from like 2016 to 2018, like I know everybody, and I really genuinely do like Jacoby Brissett. I think he, if you give him a chance in the right system, the right offense, I think he can be. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but I think he has has a, a higher ceiling than Dalton. Like I, I really think that he's accurate, he's smart, he's a good athlete, and um, and like known as like a, just a great teammate. When I talk about a quarterback room, like he would bring some of that quarterback room and he would be cheap. So that was another part of that equation. So they're talking about you're gonna have four first round picks for Russell Wilson or Watson or one of these guys, like, yeah, those guys are better. But if it doesn't work out because the rest of the team is shit, then guess what? You're probably gonna have to trade those guys too. You're better off with like this kind of stopgap guy in Brissett, who is either gonna be like Hey, like me personally or whoever signs is very wrong, and you bought him out and you go two and fourteen, and that then you just burn everything in the ground and start over. Or Brissett is actually kind of competent, and you get the most out of Allen Robinson, Montgomery, and that defense, and you're in a decent spot. He's been in a similar system with Indianapolis. He's been in a quarterback room with Andrew Luck, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, and you know back to the days in New England. He's Bill Parcells has been mentoring him since he was 16. Like, I don't think this is that crazy to be like, Brissett's worth taking a flyer on over Andy Dalton. I really think that I think I would much rather have Jacoby Brissett, all things considered, from price to potential ceiling, all the things, to mobility because the line, you, you know, the line got better at the end of the year. It's not a great line. You don't want to have a guy who's not a statue back there 
Brissett checks a lot of boxes, and if they suck, guess what? That's okay, too. The worst place he can be is what you're saying, guy on the left, my left. And what was your name again? I'm Braz. Or- Brad. Where's this? <laughs> Brett or Brad? Braz. B-R-E-S. Braz. Braz. Brad? Braz. <laughs> Whatever. Guy on the left. Guy on the left, like the worst thing to be with this group is 10 and 7 with Andy yeah. Dalton. Like, I'd rather be 10 and 7 with Brissette and be like, oh, there's a little something there. Or just crater. And be like, we're going to get the next guy next year with a new GM and a new coach and the whole thing. Yeah. Going ten and seven with Dalton, that's a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> like, that really is. That's that's a disaster. I so, agree. I, I agree. I think I just sold the whole room on Jacoby Brissett. No, was I was so already. I'm sold. I'm actually. Sold <laughs> I, I wasn't. Brissett. I was always kind of intrigued by your Jacoby Brissett takes because oh. I've listened and everyone's like, "What's up with you and Jacoby Brissett?" Like I've heard you and Eddie argue about it. You and Carl. No, I always knew everything on paper the way you believed it, but I knew there had to be a little something extra for you to love Jacoby Brissett that much. I watched every, like basically yeah. every single game of his at NC State, yeah. I, and I and I genuinely do think. I'm not saying he would be a top 10 guy. I think he has maybe that 15, like top 15. Like you're like, Hey, Brissett's our quarterback and maybe he's not the best in the world, but you can win with him. Yeah. And I re- like, I do in my core believe that. And I'm going to, I'm going to put it on. He signed and I'm signed with Miami for those that don't know. I think Tua kind of stinks. I think Brissett will take him over. And I think, Brissett will take the Dolphins to the playoffs next year. I want to write that down. I want you guys to be tweeting it Ooh. next fall when the Dolphins are good and they're right there with Buffalo for winning the division. It's, oh, it's Jacoby Brissett's team. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> that guy's the man. Chief was right. You have our word. We'll yeah. do that with you for sure. Yes. You're two for two on GM spots. I'm hiring you for the Blackhawks and the Bears with your take so far. <laughs> so I believe you. Which GM do you think what? deserves to get kicked in the shins more, Pace or Bowman? Well, <laughs> that's a good question because I want, I know I'm anti-assault, number one, so <laughs> neither of them. but um, I would say, yeah, I'm trying to think of what's like the bigger, the bigger tragedy. Like you never were that good or you had a good thing and you're ruined. Like that's kind of where, where you are with those two guys. I don't know. I think it's. At some point, you have to just give the nod to Stan because he does. Like he, he was very instrumental in that uh, thirteen and fifteen teams. Like, granted, like yeah, like it shouldn't be that hard to surround that core with competent guys to win the cup. But he did do it twice, so he should get a, a level of credit for that. Um, that pace just doesn't deserve. So I'll say pace is worse, but it is it. It's a worthy question, I'll say that. Yeah. It's a great question. But we don't want to assault anybody. No, we're anti-assault. We're anti-assault. <laughs> we are anti-assault, but I will headbutt a knife if Ryan Pace trades three first-round picks to move up to, like, the eighth pick to draft Trey Lance. I'm just throwing it out there. I, I kind of like Trey Lance, if I'm being honest. But, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I don't, like, if it was a new GM, right, like, if they had hired somebody, and that GM got super aggressive and he's like, Hey, we're going up. I love that guy. I would be like, all right, go get your, go get your man, go get your man, be your quarterback, go get him, And I'm going to be on board. Ryan Pace does not deserve the benefit of doubt. And he's like, all he would be doing is fucking over the next GM. So it's like, we have this new GM, but he doesn't have a first round pick until 2025. Like that is untenable we can't we can't have it yeah so, no one would yeah, even so want I, the job uh, chris sims just put out a mock draft that had justin fields falling to tampa at 32 what if if justin fields is there at 20 and ryan pace takes some you know Sarah shaw or the the interior lineman from sc or the or slater or whatever from northwestern it, he's got to be like fired immediately like he doesn't get to make a second round pick. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're, well, you're, you're taking over. Like now, you run that card up that doesn't say Justin Fields when he's sitting there. You're out. You're out. And so that's. I don't want him to trade up, but I I do like the idea of bringing in a quarterback if 
if Fields is there, specifically Fields, I don't like Mac Jones, but if Fields is there at 20 or a Davis Mills at 52, specifically Davis Mills, because I don't like Kellen Mond and I don't like Kyle Trask, but I do like Davis Mills. If that guy's there at 52, I could get on board with that as well. But beyond that, it's just like, please, no quarterback trades, no pop, no, none of that. No moving, none yeah. of that. Yeah, we know we know you got to get going here soon, so I got to ask you one last question. Give me your raw, unfiltered reaction to the Andrew Shaw video. I mean, it's the, the retirement video? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought it was perfect. I really did. You know, like, I think everybody knew it was the end of the line. It was not, like, shocking news. I was actually, in a way, more surprised by Seabrook than I was by the Shaw video. Um because Seabrook was like, all we heard was that he was like, hey, I'm training, I'm coming back, I'm trying, working hard, try to get ready for the bubble, try to get ready for camp. And then he apparently had some back thing and it just never really recovered. But the Shaw thing was like, once he had that last concussion and he never really came back, it's like, all right, it's probably time for him. But man, like he's an unforgettable player. And the headbutt goal that was disallowed, you know, <laughs> he hit in the face of the, you know, the 17 seconds game, he's lifting the copies of bleeding everywhere. And the fights with Anton Roussel and Zach Ronaldo, it's like what, 50 years from now, when you're thinking back on this era, you can't tell the story of the Blackhawks run without talking about Andrew Shaw. Like he's that important to the team. And so I, you know, it's like good for him that he's able, you know, he's walking away and he's going to have a fulfilling life and made a shit ton of money. Like, you know, a lot of guys that play like him, they don't get that contract. He made good money in the league. And so you're happy about that. Like he's set, his kids are set. Kids, kids are probably set, and uh, you know, so it's, it's like it's great. And he's one of those guys where it's like, I hope they give him, you know, the one last shift. The you know, when the fans are back in the building, to give him a proper salute because I think he is universally loved in this city and deserves to be. So. I, I love Andrew Shaw. I think when they brought him back and obviously it didn't work out that well, uh, which is an understatement because he was just hurt the whole time and had the, the, the concussion problems. But I, I love him. And, I, and I'll never, you know, I'll never, like, that's a guy you, like, you hear that name and you just you put a smile on your face. Absolutely. You're, You're just, just like Shaw. Grinder. Yeah. Right. And, like, the fire. And he, had, and he did have, like, sneaky, like, you know, I love shin pads. Like, he had the triple overtime goals. He had, you know, the big hits. He had, you know, and he just did anything. And he's a guy who just got the absolute most out of his ability. Like, the absolute most. He's a little guy. He's, you know, undrafted twice. I think he was drafted in the fifth round, his third final year of eligibility. And he was just a man. And I, I love Andrew Shaw. And, uh, no. and it was it was like I was sad, but also like happy for him. And it was just you'll never you'll never regret having that guy on your team. And uh, and even though the trade didn't work back work out well, I like that he had exposure to Brandon Hagel and some of these younger guys because he is that he's just a good guy. Like he can just tell like he's a good he's got a genuine like good heart and he's a good person and he's a hell of a player. And I, I love Andrew Shaw and always will. Always will. Yeah, every team in every sport needs a guy like him. But we, speaking of the fights with him, we had a segment. We call it the list because we don't like to steal the snake draft from you guys. And I, we did sports villains, and I put Chris Pronger on there, and they all shit on me. That's a good pick, right? Oh, I would say, yeah. It was like my first or second pick. He would love my first one for sure. Tell him, Bill Wirtz was my first one. Yeah, no, Bill Words is definitely, I mean, he cratered the organization, cratered, like he made an original six franchise in a major market irrelevant. That's actually hard to do. <laughs> and, and, uh, but yeah, Shaw, um, and Pronger, Pronger, yeah, he's a bad boy. Like he's a bad boy. Like, he's hard to play against. Like everybody, and he's just known like across the league as a prick. Um, I always loved his game because I kind of like the prick. Probably why I like Andrew Shaw. Kind of a prick. Probably on the That's ice. why I hated Pronger. <laughs> if he was on yeah, the Hawks, we would love him. I don't blame you for hating Pronger at all. He's very, he's extremely hateable. He's extremely hateable. Me personally, I love him, but I totally understand 
why people hate him. All right. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Chief. Thanks for coming on, man. And when Jacoby Brissett is in the playoffs, we will let everybody know that you said it first. Should I take the comment? Flip it up. Oh, Flip it up and I'll retweet it and be like, everyone follow this podcast because they have guests on who know what they're talking about with quarterbacks. <laughs> hey, and then if you're ever if you're ever GM for the Bears or the Hawks, you know, if you ever need people, we'll work for you. 100%. All right. Well, boys, that's never going to happen. But I'll keep it in mind. We'll, we'll keep the fantasy alive on both sides of the camera. <laughs> Sounds great. Love it. Phenomenal. Thank you, Chief, man. Thank Good you for coming you. on. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Well, that was just stellar, huh, fellas? What a guy. I like to tell myself that I'm a diehard Bulls fan, but I don't know half of what he knows about the Hawks. About <laughs> I the mean, Bulls. that's passion and grit right there. Oh, my that God. Is. Yeah, I think we, we played it off well. Big yeah. hockey guys over here. Yeah. But it was so fun to just hear how passionate he is just about the Blackhawks. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I want to know this much. That was, that was awesome. And... Uh, God, now we're all Jacoby Brissett fans. We oh are my literally. God. <laughs> Everyone who's listening to this right now, we are a strictly a Jacoby Brissett podcast now. If yeah. he takes a team to the playoffs this year, see you, Moon. See you tomorrow. Yeah, he's on the Dolphins. So, so he's Tua, take the Dolphins. you suck. But wait, we have another former guest who is a big Dolphins fan. I think he might feel different Ooh, about that. Frank the Tank. <laughs> so, oh, I would love to Frank have them Bird. talk about it. That'd oh, be hilarious to see. Oh, my God. Well, maybe we'll just have to surprise them both and have them both on a Zoom at the same time. They meet, and then it's on the podcast, and then... You know, Possibilities are endless. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Season 4, Episode 1, and it's all about self-care, baby. The sun is coming out. Put on that sun. Right, good job, good job. Pour yourself a nice bath. Always remember the sun hits your skin harder when you're in water. Stay hydrated. Eat a meal today. And tell your mom you love her. Music by Pat Mallis and Charlie Foreman. Feels so good. Peace out. Shot City, come on and ride with me. How you catch a vibe with me This music that make you feel good Do it for the real ones Do it while I still can This is for the real fans We're singing the longer They said the light shows I ain't know I ain't so fly Don't you think so too Shawty trying to come through To kick it like kung fu On the block cruise With the sunroof open I'm the one who Everybody love Everybody wanna be like me I cha-cha real smooth Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do I break rules And race roofs Sit break goose With great juice I make moves And I make the music And hang loose Homie Fall back like I don't To the wrong tie, can't sink if it's all dry. Land, one day you gotta learn to fly, curve the plot, cook it up, serve it hot. Shorty thick like a car bomb, oh lord, won't quit till it's all mine on God. I've been steady trying to get in my way. That's the only way that I get down. Ever since I focused on my Get it, good, good, get it.